What I think is dangerous is men not having a purpose, men not having values taught to them by their elders, men without a direction. If all you're looking for is instant gratification, there's tons of ways to find it. Sex, drugs, surface level relationships. I don't think that's what human beings need. I don't think that's what men's spirit need. What we need is a purpose to fight for, raise up humanity. All of our leaders have had that in the past. A vision, uh, they have something that they care about deeply. They're willing to fight for it, sacrifice for it. Some of them put their lives on the line for it. That's what's much more important. I know men that are poor and have a purpose and are fighting to teach other men about how to be successful, about how to have a spirit. They don't have two nickels to rub together, and they are at peace with themselves. By masculine life, I mean the values of being heroic, of, of sacrificing, of giving back to the community, of making sure the community is safe, taking care of each other. Those are the masculine values that I think good male citizens in particular will bring forward. You're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were. You live life on your own terms. You're self-sufficient. You think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum. When life knocks you down, you get back up because in your gut, you know that's what men do. You're a badass and a warrior. And on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to the Sovereign Man Podcast, where we aim to make men masculine again. I'm your man, Nikki Ballou. We have a very special guest here today, a man who was one of my early mentors and teachers in the work of men, Tim Spellman. Welcome to the show, Spellman. Thank you, Mr. Ballou. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be some fun. Absolutely. I agree with that saying, that statement, I should say, 100%. So, Spellman... I wanted to have you come here today because I believe that our society is going off the rails. And what I mean by that is that not only has society decided that man, manhood and masculinity are somehow bad and wrong and toxic, but that the natural response to that has been that a number of men younger men, men in their 30s and 40s, are stepping forward and purporting to teach men, well, frankly, how to how to be good men, how to live life and, you know, show up for their families, although they're not even talking about that, show up for themselves more than anything else. It appears to me that a lot of these young folks are speaking from the energy of an adolescence, not the energy of an adult. And I wanted to have a conversation with you about the importance of getting back to elders, listening to elders, learning from elders, and as a society, revering elders. I know that's a mouthful for an opening line, so I'm going to shut up now and let you talk. Well, you got me started thinking about uh, the people in my past. Um, I'm going to say I learned a bunch about uh, things from my grandmother um, on my father's side, things yeah. that are our family values and her particular family values that I've carried into my future. Um, yeah. When I was, uh, I'm going to say, eight years old, I learned that yeah. she did a lot of volunteering for 
the local um, mentally handicapped people, and it, it stuck with me. Um, and it turns out that that is something that I've wound up having a value in my life ever since. Uh, my parents did it, my grandmother did it, and it's, I'm just going to say, uh, in general, mothers teach behaviors to their children, but fathers teach values. So I got this value from my father's mother of being out there in the world and doing things for others. Um, it carried through to a time in my life where I did something called the Sterling Men's Weekend. And for me, that was a time to take a look at what my values were and what my purpose was. And from that, I uh, decided that my value of service in the world that I had learned from my elders was something that I wanted to carry forward. So I'll, that's how I would start this discussion. So tell me more about your grandmother. Why was she such a big influence on you? Um, I got to see her every week. Uh, she's my father's mother. I love my father. Um, and I'll just tell you um, a, a, a moment that we had when I was 10 years old. I was standing on her porch. There was a teenager in town who had just committed suicide. Um, and she made me promise never to commit suicide. I was standing on her porch and I gave her my solemn word as a 10-year-old that I would never do that. And all of us think about suicide from time to time. But when I think of it, I think of it as like, I've already made my pact with my grandma. Um, I'm going to keep that word to her and never actually entertain suicide as a, a thought. So it's that kind of thing that she brought to me. Um, she was fun. She was light. She was playful. Um, she was generous. Um, but she also brought me these things that I know my father grew up with and that he, uh, he carries on to this day. I like what I'm hearing here. So what do you think is dangerous about the blind leading the blind, as it were, when these 30-something men, many of whom, not all, but many of whom were raised in fatherless homes. I'm speaking of Andrew Tate, who's 36. He and his brother, you know, they seem to have a good brotherly relationship. He's made a lot of money. He's, you know, but he made his money by having like webcams on naked girls simulating sex acts. And this is not a man who was raised by his father. He was raised by a single mother. And he's going out there and telling men he knows how a man should be a man. And he's got hundreds of thousands, if not millions of followers around the globe. Now, he's one fellow. There's lots of other folks in that regard as well. What do you think is dangerous about folks like this getting the attention of so many young men? That's interesting. I'm not very familiar with him. Um, what I think is dangerous about that is men not having a purpose, men not having values taught to them by their elders, um, men without a direction. Um, and if all you're looking for is instant gratification, there's tons of ways to find it through sex, through drugs, through uh, surface level relationships. But I don't think that's what the world needs. I don't think that's what human beings need. I don't think that's what men's spirit need. What we need is a cause to work toward, a purpose to fight for, um, something of value 
that is going to raise up humanity. Um, all of our leaders have had that in the past, that they have a vision, uh, they have something that they care about deeply, that they're willing to uh, fight for it, um, work hard toward it, sacrifice toward it. Some of them uh, put their lives on the line for it. And I think that's what's much, much more important than trying to reach out and uh, get the instant gratification that, uh, you know, we get through our various uh, media. Um, I'm going to say my personal values don't include violence. Um, I like sex. I really do. Um, I don't like it to the, ex to the exclusion of other things. But in this country, um, we wind up being entertained by violence. Uh, there's uh, movies that are very popular that are also very violent. I don't think that's a, valid, a, a wonderful value. Uh, sure, we go to war when we need to. Um, but there's more to life than uh, fighting and killing. There's uh, working toward the things that we care about, um, raising our children with our values, raising our children with something that they can bring into their life and have purpose with. So those are the things that I think are much more important than the things that you're talking about that these men are doing. So I want to be clear. Andrew Tate is not one of these dudes who says go for instant gratification. In fact, quite the opposite. What makes him dangerous is that so many of the things he says are good. It's just some of the big ones are not. He encourages men to live a life of uh, sacrifice and discipline and working on getting better. That part is excellent. What's less excellent is that the purpose he and those like him seem to be encouraging men to take on is a self-driven purpose, is a selfish purpose. It's about them. And he, he doesn't encourage men to become members of the community in a way. And he's speaking to a, younger men. And if you read his emails, they're brilliant from a marketing point of view. But it's like, look at how great I am. And if you're not as great as I am, it's your fault and you're an idiot and you're a moron. And I'm listening to this going, yeah, no. No, you're 36. What the fuck do you know about life? So you made a bunch of money. And so maybe you were raised in a hard life situation with your single mom. You know, good for you that you got yourself out of it. But what the fuck do you really know about life? At 36, what do you have to teach men? I'm sorry. When I was 36, I thought I was a cat's meow. I thought I was the smartest motherfucker around. I was well read. You know, a whole bunch of other shit. And... I was dumb as dog shit. Let me just be honest. I was dumb as dog shit. Today at 56, I realize how dumb I was. And in oh so many ways, I realize how dumb I still am. And when I see these young younger folks purporting to be gurus, I got a real problem with it. I got a real problem with them saying they're fucking gurus to young men. And I got a real problem with them disrespecting elders. Like ridiculous. Like a man who has lived some life has got a thing or two, to, 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 or two to teach you, no matter how much money you made, no matter how good your six-pack looks, and no matter how many girls you've slept with. And, I, and I'm wondering what your thoughts are around this issue, because this is a big deal right now. It's happening in a big way out in the world. I agree. Uh, there's so much more to life than uh, focusing on yourself. Uh, I've been all, like I 
mentioned my grandmother and my father and my mother. We've always been community oriented, not self-oriented. Um, I was uh, had a time that I had a fellow from India uh, reporting to me, and in his culture, um, the self is very much uh, given over to the community. Um, I gave him a bunch of opportunities to work toward uh, improving his uh, career in the company that I was working for, um, a, a really big uh, financial services firm. And I, I gave him a, a, a career path and he immediately turned it around and brought it back to his team in India. Rather than doing it for himself, he had his team working together. It was fabulous that a man would do that. He would, you know, not take the self-aggrandizement, um, but make sure that his team was the one that got the recognition for the work that he personally was doing. So I think that's really powerful and really useful. Um, that's going to move the world forward. Uh, making yourself rich, making yourself uh, something where you can post on whatever your channel of interest is, that's good for a while, but it doesn't move society forward, and it isn't how I was raised. Um, I'm going to say some other things. You talk about uh, being, you know, the, the values that we learn, uh, respecting our elders. There's some great stuff that I learned from my dad that I taught to my kids, and they put it back in my face in a fun way. Um, when I was 13, I was driving in my dad's car, and he uh, taught me about keeping your word. He was a plastics executive, and he got a big contract offer to de deliver his product from New Jersey, where we lived, to Chicago. There was a big company in Chicago that wanted to buy from him. And he thought long and hard, and he finally said, no, I'm not going to take this contract. I can't promise the quality of delivery and the timeliness of delivery that we can do by keeping it local. So I'm going to turn down a contract so that my company can be known for keeping our word. And I passed it down to my sons. And I got a chance. At one point, I, you know, telling my sons about keeping their word. I'm not perfect. I didn't keep my word with my kid once. And he came back and said, Dad, you're supposed to keep your word. So it was just wonderful hearing that thing that I learned from my dad, passing it down to my sons and learning how important it is to me that they get the message and they got the message. It's going in a different direction, but it's going in a good direction. I want to, I want to, you know, take in what you've said because I'm learning a lot from it. And I want a man listening to this, maybe a younger man, maybe a, a man who's, you know, around 40, just entering middle age and have him ask himself, why am I here? Yeah. Why am I here? And was it an accident of birth? You know, your mom and your dad fucked and nine months later, presto out you came. I think there's a lot more to it than that. I think there's a purpose that you're intended for as a man. And when you're a young man, you're trying to figure out who you are and what you're all about. And I get that. But you also need mentors. You need guides. And I am concerned 
about young men looking at a dude who drives, you know, expensive cars and puts them up all on social media and has, you know, a bunch of money telling him, follow me, look at me, look at my lifestyle, look at how great it is. And being seduced by that because frankly, most men are not going to go and do what this dude did. They're not going to go live in a foreign country and put girls up on nudie cameras to make their fortune. Most men are not going to go out there and try to sleep with every woman that they can. I mean, it's a nice fantasy when you're 17 and all, but when you're 35 or 40 and you're looking to get married, it's the reality of living that lifestyle for a, a lifetime comes crashing down around your ears. And most men are not going to, frankly, be me focused for the rest of their lives. I think part of the evolution uh, of a man's journey through life is he goes from boyhood to manhood when he goes from selfishness to selflessness. That's great. Yeah. That's the yeah. kind of uh, conversation I want to have with you. And that's what I want to leave people with is I want to, I want to have some people wake up and go, if you're not listening to elders, if you're not going to people that are frankly um, over 50, maybe even over 60 or 70 or 80, and asking them questions, learning from them, you're a dumbass. You're a dumbass trying to learn from other young men or youngish men because there's so much they don't fucking know. And I also, I'm a capitalist. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a proud right-wing free market capitalist. Love capitalism, love making money. But if all you do is worship dudes who are good at making money without really looking under the hood to see if they're a well-rounded man outside of making money, you are making a massive fucking mistake. Money cannot be the be-all and end-all of what you value in life. Getting rich cannot be the be-all and end-all of what you fucking value in life. You know, having a six-pack cannot be the be-all and end-all of what you value in life. How many chicks you sleep with cannot be the be-all and end-all of what you value in life. Those things are what you called surface-level attractions. The deeper attractions are the attractions of the spirit. That's having fucking decades-long relationships with people in your family and, and friends, you know, that love you and that you love. That's having um, a depth that comes from being married and having children and from making a difference in people's lives, you know, there's a, um, there's a man I know, and I'm not going to say who, because you know this man too, who went through a tough breakup and a divorce, and then spent the past 10 years finding other men that are going through those types of situations, going through divorce situations, and doing everything in his power to save their families. He wasn't always successful, but he saved a bunch of families from going down that path. And one of these families had a man whose first name is Ralph. And Ralph um, and his wife were about to get divorced. He did the Sterling Men's Weekend. He came back, he put it back together. And I saw Ralph at his daughter's bat mitzvah with his wife. 
and he gave a very beautiful, heartfelt speech about how she was the love of his life and that he was so glad that uh, he didn't make the biggest mistake of his life. And, you know, she looked at him adoringly. And it was such a touching, beautiful moment. And less than nine months later, she was dead of cancer. And when I heard this, I was like, oh, fuck, that's awful. And at one level, it was awful. But Ralph came to a group of men, and he was in tears. He was grieving. He was hurting. Don't get me wrong. But his tears that day were tears of joy. What he said to me and the other men was, thank God that I did the men's weekend and I listened to these men, this man and this man, and I kept my family together and that we got to spend the last months of her life as a family and me and her in love. And I am forever grateful that we had that. And I got to tell you, I don't know how rich Ralph is financially. I don't think he has a six pack. You know what I mean? And I don't know how many women he slept with in his life. But I'm far more fucking impressed with Ralph than I ever will be with a man who's made $100 million by the time he's 35 and is dumber than dog shit and thinks he's the cat's ass. I'm with you on this. Um, I had a man at work who his whole uh, thing was status, Brooks Brothers suits and the right kind of black Mercedes car as a, his personal car, just thing after thing after thing after thing. And I got to know him, and he was just lonely. He would go home at night with all of these wonderful things that he had earned, and he was alone. He had, no, you know, there was nothing for him. Um, I know men that are poor and have a purpose and are fighting to teach other men about how to be successful, about how to have a spirit, about how to do something with their lives. Um, they don't have two nickels to rub together. And they are at peace with themselves. They're finding uh, value in what they're doing in life. Um, they're contributing to their community. And that's, that's much more valuable. Um, for me, living a life of purpose, uh, I don't think about it much anymore because I've been so used to having that be a value that I hold. But when I get stuck, going back to my purpose gets me out of my own way. It, it's not about me at that point. It's about what we can do uh, for each other. In my view, purpose is how your soul gets expressed in the world. And if you have a soul, take care of your soul by having a purpose to live into. Um, you're not going to take care of your soul by having superficial, short relationships over and over again. You're not going to take care of your soul by having uh, things, by collecting all the right things, by collecting big bank accounts. There's nothing in your soul that that touches, that that speaks to. Yeah, I, I agree with that 1,000%. And, you, you know, for me, I'm very committed to making a difference for men and on a big global scale. 
And I understand that it starts with one man at a time. You know, you have a conversation with one man and you make a difference for that man and you help him be a better man. And then that man does the same. And I realize we're in the age of social media and a lot of people can get clicks and likes and all that's fucking great. But clicks and likes on social media won't transform a boy into a man or a lost man into a fully developed man. And then there's these other men who are, you know, Navy SEALs and Marine Raiders. And I have a lot of respect for those men, okay? And they're purporting to teach men how to be a man by teaching them how to live life like a SEAL does and go through these extremely hard, taxing, taxing physical challenges. And I believe there's a place for that. But I just don't see that this physical set of challenges beyond teaching a man how to get uncomfortable, how to get past his comfort zone, is going to help that man. Does that make him a, be better at keeping his word? I don't know. I don't see it. If it does, I'm open to seeing it. Does it make him more loyal to the people he loves? Don't know that it does per se. Maybe. I, I just don't see it. Um, does it teach him how to raise children other than teaching him to suck it up? I guess that's one important lesson, but there's tons of other important lessons. These are the things that are happening in our society. On the one hand, we got a whole group of people that are attacking men, manhood, and masculinity, and even young boys. And on the other hand, there are these folks who go, fuck that, which I agree with, come do what I say, and yet they're not wise enough to say the right things. They take one piece of what's required to make a full rounded man and they say, this is it. And then they say a lot of stupid shit. So the thing I've been taught is to raise good citizens. Um, mm. Yeah. To have, say more have about my, that, please. Yeah. To raise my children to be good citizens. Uh, when my kid, my youngest son was six. He said, Dad, I want to be like you when I grow up. And it scared the hell out of me. It's like, oh, shit, I have to really live into what I believe is the right way to live so that when he grows up, he gets to be like, you know, he, he takes on the stuff that's worthwhile that I know. It's our job as men uh, to raise good citizens with our boys and our girls to, to some extent. But the thing we know how to do is to uh, live the masculine life. And by masculine life, I mean the, the values of being heroic, of, of sacrificing, of giving back to the community, of making sure the community is safe, taking care of each other, taking care of those who need taking care of that may not be able to take care of themselves. Those are the masculine values that I think um, good citizens, good male citizens in particular, will bring forward. It's not about how much you can uh, stroke your own ego or uh, blow your own horn. It's about what you can do for society that will make society better. And that's, that's what I believe um, we can all do as men, is to raise good citizens as our children. Bring, bring, bring our boys up to be uh, giving, to be useful, to have a purpose, to, to know why they're alive. Um, I think both of my kids, they're 24 and 25, 
I'm not going to say they've figured out their life purpose yet, but they sure know what they are on the planet for right now. And it's not about what they do, but it's about how they participate in the companies that they're in, the relationships they're in, the friend circles that they belong to. Yeah. Living the Masculine Life. I'm going to make a heck of a title for this episode. I like it a lot. And what you said about teaching young boys to become men by living heroically, by learning the value of sacrifice and taking care of people. Man, there is no better definition of a good man that I've ever heard in my life. This is really, really good stuff, Spellman. Thank you for this. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you bet. So, Spellman, you've been around the work of men, God, close to 40 years. Yep. You have experience. You've been around yep. the work of men longer than Andrew fucking Tate's been alive. That's got to, that's got, if that doesn't make that man fucking, you know, take pause and be a little humble, then I don't know what is. Because that just proves to me he's too arrogant to, to be smart. Real men know when to take pause and be humble. I am humbled by your commitment to lifelong learning as a man. And it's really, really an honor to have you here sharing your wisdom with me. Thanks. Um, I did my, you know, the, the early work that I did in growing um, years ago and thought I was something. I went and did the men's weekend uh, as a child of the me generation, me, 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 and walked out yeah. like, oh, I need to learn from everybody. So the thing that I say to other men is every man is your teacher in some regard. And when I live my life that way, I learn a ton. So thanks for having me on. You know, I'm going to write that down. I think that's really good. Uh, I need to learn from everybody. Every man is my teacher. I think these are words to live by, not just for men, but frankly, for every human on the planet. You know, it's, it's something when I get to be with an elder like you and I get to have a conversation and an interaction and hear what you have to say because I realize how little I fucking know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and how much I still have to learn. Yeah. I need to learn from everybody. Yeah, there's something everybody can teach me. And every man truly is my teacher. If only I pay attention. Mm -hmm. Right? Well put. If only I pay fucking attention. Tim Spellman, really, really an honor to have you here. And this has been an absolutely fantastic conversation. It's been one that's forced me to reflect on the spot, as it were. It's been one that's forced me to take stock of how I look at the world. And frankly, it's been one where I've been humbled. Because much of what you've said is what I needed to hear and to learn. And if you're listening to this episode... Here's what I want to say to you. 
Spellman is far wiser than I am. And what he's brought to this conversation is something that can absolutely change your life and set you forward in a great direction if you let it. I would advise you to listen to this episode and take detailed notes, not necessarily of what I said, but certainly of what Spellman said. Because if you do that and you apply some of the things that uh, you he's talked about here, listener, you're going to really benefit. Spellman, thanks again. Great to have you here. I want to encourage you to go on other podcasts. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. Yeah, absolutely. Bolu out. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Man Podcast. If you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at SovereignMan.ca.